if your home relationships aren't good, it is going to poison the well in your business. Everything is possible, just hustle, just hustle. The Million Dollar Hustle Podcast, where we keep it real, a state in entrepreneurship wisdom. Learn to think like a millionaire and hustle like you're broke. Here's your host, Billy the Kid, aka Billionaire. Everything is possible, just hustle, just hustle. Everything is possible, Welcome to the Million Dollar Hustle Podcast, baby, where you're going to learn to think like a millionaire and hustle like you're broke. It is your boy, Billy the Kid, a.k.a. BDK, a.k.a. Billionaire in this mug, and super excited. I, I just got done interviewing Cody, and uh, I'm just going to say it out flat because uh, everything we talked about today was amazing. Um, if you, Those of you who don't know, he is the one who took over the, uh, we'll call it beer industry in Nebraska. And uh, when you hear his story, you guys are going to hear how much work. And uh, I mean, you're going to learn a lot in this episode. So I cannot wait. And also imagination, which is huge storytelling thing. You know, I, I related a lot to his story because me being an artist with music and and you know the you got to have imagination for the stuff that we do even this podcast alone um you know that's why i love doing these things writing books and all that because it, it takes a lot of imagination so uh i definitely related i can't wait to dig in um overall guys I, i'm just blessed super excited uh this show actually uh is or should be coming out at the beginning of 2023, I believe so. And if not late 22, uh, just super excited to get uh, so much wisdom out there for you guys to learn from people like Cody today. Uh, so I don't even know what episode, but that's the nice thing is we're just knocking them out and throwing them out there. So those of you who are listening, if it is at the beginning of the year or even towards the end of the year, it is important for you to focus on these goals. Um and by now, I should have announced I'm looking at doing a mastermind, uh, like a two, three day mastermind. And and it's funny because even talking to Cody today, um, I think we might have found the spot to do it. Uh, and you guys will hear a little more about it in the episode. So uh, otherwise, um, by now, by the time this episode airs, I am looking at the next group of one-on-ones that are interested in doing the one-on-ones with me. So if you're interested in doing one-on-one coaching with me, uh, and we could talk about your real estate business, uh, entrepreneurship, mindset, life coaching, uh, just success overall. Uh, if you want to write a book, for example, if you know you want to put yourself out there, where, wherever area that you're needing help with, uh, I am blessed to say that I'm able to help with the experience that I've had with my music, with real estate, owning businesses. So, uh, you know, if you haven't yet, go check out some of the uh, testimonials that I've put out there from some of the guys. Shout out to everybody that uh, is also in the mastermind even now. So if you're not ready to do one-on-one coaching, uh, send me an email if you're interested in doing the mastermind. Um, uh, but info at Billy the Kid if you're inter- or info at BillyTheKid.com if you're interested in doing any of those. Uh, otherwise, uh, 
anybody looking for some uh, lend money lending, we are providing that service. It has to be for real estate. So if you're interested, if you have a deal in your hand and uh, you don't have enough funds, get at me so that way we can figure it out and uh, get your lending needs going. Uh, construction, uh, New Era Construction, LLC.net. And, uh, you know, it's funny. I went with .net because uh, there's N-E on there for Nebraska. And uh, also, those of you who don't know, the reason why, you know, pretty much I, I go with New Era is because I am a Husker boy. I, I live in Nebraska. So New Era, N-E, N-E stands for Nebraska. So um thought I'd throw that out there because uh, I don't think I've explained that fully. So anyways, uh, but... Otherwise, guys, make sure you guys go check out my music. Uh, it's out on Spotify, Pandora, Apple Music, YouTube. Subscribe to my YouTube for all my music and for podcasts and everything else I got going on. And if you haven't yet, the power of being uncomfortable, man. Go grab yourself a copy. I got so many, so many other things coming up here soon, too. With I'm writing books and everything else. So uh, stay tuned for all that. But without further ado, man, I am super excited to bring you Cody, who started King Cater. And uh, those of you who don't know, that is my favorite brewery. Uh, I put on a lot of people uh, with uh, King Cater. Uh, all my friends, actually, they, they all know that that's my spot. And uh, when they first came into town, I was there, and uh, it's amazing to see what Cody has done since. So uh, here is his story, Cody from King Cater. Welcome to the Million Dollar Hustle Podcast, baby. And today I'm super excited. Uh, I got a guinea pig in here. <laughs> I'll take it. <laughs> uh, Cody, how you doing? Yeah, good, man. How are you? Good, good. Uh, it's funny because you right, you're right in front of me. Yeah, and uh, like I said, this is the first time I'm I'm doing kind of like a the multi angle. Sure. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So how you been, man? Good, man. Thanks for having me. Um, love watching what you do. Love following you on on socials and seeing what what uh, you got going on. It's always fun to to watch that. I mean, from afar, I'm, I'm a, a fan, fan, dude. Thank you. I appreciate yeah. it, man. And and uh. I know we've had a couple of beers and yeah. we we've touched we've touched on a lot of great subjects that <laughs> hopefully we can get it all in. It's you know it's only an hour show, but sure, yeah. <laughs> I always enjoy having beers with you, man, and and just talking. I mean, even that first time that we connected, um, it's like I I don't know, man. I felt like we went a little deeper on that first conversation, and that most people do, you know. So yeah, it's uh it's fun to. Uh, connect with a guy like you that's shaking and moving and and uh hearing what you got going on thanks man yeah i'm excited let's let's dive in uh okay. so I, I would like to hear your story where are you from and and where did you grow up right yeah so um i am a western nebraska kid a lot of people think north platte or broken bow is western nebraska it's absolutely not where uh, i was in the panhandle of nebraska uh fourth generation from bear nebraska a little town uh, around 1100 people growing up. Um, my dad, my grandpa, you know, a lot of people, my mom was all out of that area. Uh, we loved it, man. It was a good, good way to grow up. I, you know, one town, uh, one house we had in town, one out in the country, uh, kind of got to do what, what we wanted to do when we were in this country house and me and my brothers, and we had buddies around and we rode four wheelers and, and horses. And, and that was a good childhood, man. Western Nebraska was 
really, really good to my family. Um, we, uh, I, I haven't been back there. Actually, I'm going to go this weekend. We have a few events there that me and my wife are going to go hit up, but I haven't been to the panhandle, but it always does have a, a pretty, um, um, you know, it's a soft spot for me. Like I, I, I love that I grew, grew up there. I felt like I learned how to work there. I felt like I have some relationships that are still going into my adult life, even though I don't make it back there a lot. There is a connection back to that area that I'll always have. Uh, my dad grew up on a farm underneath uh, Chimney Rock. So Chimney Rock is is on the back of the Nebraska quarter, if you don't know. And and uh, it was a beacon for the pioneers as they came through uh, uh, heading to California. Um, and so we grew up around that. That was it's so funny because people come from all over the, the country and even the world to see that. But we kind of grew up around it. It's like, oh, whatever. It's right there, you know, <laughs> but it's a beautiful part of the state. I didn't realize until I moved east how much the different the two ends of the state look in, uh, in you know, they call that Wyobraska out there in the panhandle because it does look a little bit more like Wyoming than it even does the majority of Nebraska. Good place to grow up, man. Uh, a lot of uh, a lot of my morals, a lot of my values come from from growing up there. And, and I'll always be proud of that. Man, that's awesome, man. And I know your it shows like your pride shows for Nebraska, man. It's something that I've always noticed in you. Uh, if we could move on to how was it growing up with your parents? Uh, was yeah. the entrepreneurial seed there already, or you know, um, I, I would like to think it is. My dad uh, was a butcher by trade. Uh, he started in the packing plants when he was a teenager and uh he worked in the found out pretty quickly that grocery store um butchering was was a little less backbreaking than the the packing plants and so he moved into that uh when uh me and my brothers were were fairly young and dad did the grocery store thing for years you know he he worked for several guys always took a ton of pride in his job um, really made a name for himself in Western Nebraska as being the best meat. You know, people would maybe do all their shopping at all these other places and then they'd come to Baird and, and buy meat from my dad. Um, always super proud of him. He worked really hard. You know, mom, actually, they, they felt like it was very important for mom to stay home with the four of us uh, boys as, when we were younger. Um, as we got a little older, mom ventured out. But um you know, I remember, you know, I remember our grocery budget. I remember dad making eight bucks an hour and getting a, a raise to 10 bucks an hour. And I was like, oh, baby, we made it. You know what I mean? Getting into double digits. And and uh, so but I could not be more proud of him. Uh, we I've since, you know, moved him here to Lincoln. Uh, they're doing well. Uh, love my dad and mom there. They are the biggest influences in my life. And, and, uh, um, good friends with them, uh, spend time with them three, four times a week. Uh, they're around all the time. And, and, uh, yeah, he definitely mom and dad are, are the reason that, uh, like it or not the way I am today. So, <laughs> so I, I have a question for you because I, I know the times we talked, uh, you're definitely proud of, uh, the, the way your family, you, the way you were brought up and the yeah. way they, they raised you. Uh, what is one thing that comes to your head right away that you've learned from each parent? Yeah. So, um, dad, definitely work ethic. That's been a big one. Um, the, uh, dad was always, uh, you know, just telling a sto quick story. My brother, 
uh, Jason had got his kind of first job working with dad at the grocery store. He's my older brother and he had been working and, and, you know, moving meat and stocking and doing all the things that you do in a butcher shop wrapping or whatever. And, um, uh, he, he kind of had, they had a natural break in the work and Jason leaned up against the wall and kind of was taking a little, little break, you know, and dad looks at him and says, what are you doing? And, uh, uh, Jason says, well, what do you mean? And I, dad said, you're on, you're on another man's time right now. Like it's, ain't, it's not break time. Like let's keep working. And, and there was nobody around. Nobody was watching. Nobody was, dad wasn't doing it as a show, but it was, it's something that stuck with me that man, when you, when you take another man's money and, and you take a job from him, uh, him or her, it's, it's, uh, my dad always really slammed the, the importance of what, uh, what that means, you know, and given, uh, you know, trading a hard day's work, uh, for the, the, for the paycheck and, and dad, dad really slammed that into our heads and, and, and working for something bigger than just, you know, when the boss is around or, you know, to, to show, uh, how hard you're working. Uh, it wasn't about that. Dad always did things a hundred percent. And I know that about my dad. Um, that one, that that's a big one for me. Mom, um, she actually gave us, uh, the, the not to be divisive, but, but she wants us to question everything. Don't just take things at face value. Don't, don't just take, maybe even don't take people's word for it all the time. Right. Like, um, she had this kind of healthy distrust of authority <laughs> without being, without being, um, um, disrespectful. You know what I mean? So she always questioned things. She always, uh, questioned just like the, the, the motives and, and, and what does that, what does that mean for, uh, us going forward? I think, I think just having that, uh, influence of, of mom had great friends. She had a lot of people she trusted. They, you know, they had their church family and, and it was something though, that mom really, uh, you kind of had to prove yourself to mom. Uh, mm. and, and I always appreciated that about her, that she didn't just do what she was told, right? Like mm -hmm. she, she always questioned, why am I doing this? Okay. If there's a good reason, you know, I'm going to comply, but, but she, uh, she definitely, um, uh, taught us that growing up for sure. I love that. And yeah. I, I can definitely relate because I, I'm big on like explaining to even my kids too, like, Hey, there's Google nowadays, like right, question right. everything. Like, <laughs> like literally, why are you asking me about something you could have Googled? And right. especially nowadays, right? So yeah. I love that because I, I Google everything. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and then you, you mentioned, uh, the thing with your, your, your dad, like that, that's, that's awesome, awesome with, with money. money. Uh, it, it reminds me like, you know, money isn't everything, but it ranks up there with oxygen, right? Right, right, right. Yeah. <laughs> it's very important. Um, yeah. So I love that he taught you that from the beginning. Yeah. And I guess for those of you who are watching, uh, they might be wondering, who is this guy? Yeah, who the but heck am I? <laughs> but most of them I don't know. know you. And uh, if you could explain a little bit of where you're at right now, yeah. what do you do yeah. with the shirt that you're wearing? 
You know, it's always hard to, I, you know, you want to, I want to answer the question truthfully. I don't, I don't want to ever come off as boastful because it, it really, sometimes when you, when you say, and I mean you as well, you say all the things that you got rolling. Um, uh, some people look at it like, oh man, like what's this dude bragging about or whatever. But uh, no, man, we've been fortunate enough to put together uh, an amazing ownership team uh, that has put our, um, we have a few different things that we're working on, but but uh, we have these these teams that we're building. I mean, we got 120 people on the payroll now. Uh, something that I take very seriously and I'm I'm super proud of. Um, so just just to kind of back up a little bit, we started my my start in business um, was uh, my f- uh, family actually bought into a grocery store in 2005. Uh, we uh, that was in McCook, Nebraska. Uh, kind of pooled our resources, pooled, pooled our, uh, you know, our, our, our experience um, in the grocery business. I had been working grocery. Uh, all three of my brothers had been doing that. And obviously dad's been a butcher forever. And, and we went to McCook, Nebraska, all moved into one house and started running this grocery store, started hiring employees slowly and kind of made a, a really good name for ourselves in McCook, Nebraska. We know a lot of folks there and McCook was really, really good for us. Uh, fast forward to, uh, 2009, I bought one of my brothers out of the business. Um, so then it was me and another brother and my dad. Fast forward to that, we I bought another brother out. And at that point, uh, we had grown the thing to four grocery stores. Uh, if you know about the grocery store business, it's hard. The m- margins are slim. Um, uh, you are really on an independent level. You're buying yourself a job more than an investment. Uh, and it took me a while to figure that out because people will see the 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 amount of money that you're going through in the grocery store. But man, if you if you take a dollar, you're handing out 99 cents. That's that's a win. I mean, 1% margins in the grocery store is a win. So it's total volume game, which any any error in that you don't make any money that year so we did that for a long time i am a firm believer in every kid especially you need to either work in the restaurant business grocery business because i think it teaches you a ton about people it teaches you to learn how to um talk with tough personalities and and people that that maybe you know all different walks of life uh gives you a lot of exposure very very quickly uh on how to handle people and how to handle yourself around uh, a vast variety of people so that's what how i started my career uh in 2010 we bought our second store in broken bow so rewind back to that i met uh dan hodges uh, Barry Fox and Nate Bell, my three partners that I have now, um, they invited me to a homebrew club in the back of an insurance office in downtown Broken Bow. Uh, I was new to town. I was like, oh, I'll come. You know, I'm not a homebrewer, but I brought in uh, some craft beer from the grocery store that I thought would be fun to share. Uh, and I went to a few of these share sessions with these guys. Uh, and Danny would bring his home brews, and it's uh, his beers were consistently good just good solid beers me and dan connected fairly quickly um he's actually the oldest in our group and i'm the youngest but we uh we became fast friends and he's an authentic dude and i could talk about dan forever i love that guy so much but uh which he he actually has his own beer right he dan the wiser yeah dan the wiser Kolsch. so yeah he uh uh dan i would say is 
I don't know. We've kind of told Dan's story and, and because I think authenticity matters, Dan rose to the top of this, like kind of group brewers are usually quiet, unassuming guys. You may not ever even know their face or their name. You know, you'll know the brewery they brew for or whatever. Uh, but we, I really wanted to get Dan out in front of people and it pushed him a little bit. I mean, Dan turned a wrench his entire life in Thedford, Nebraska, never was an employee, never really had an employee, but just kind of worked for himself. He had retired in 2013. I met him then and I called him. I said, Danny, let's start a brewery in Broken Bow. And he uh, didn't even get off the first phone call with me. He goes, I'm in. Uh, so then Barry and uh, actually Nate came on next. We were kind of looking broke. If you don't know anything about Broken Bow, it's a very thriving little community. And there's actually not a ton of open real estate there, which is crazy because a lot of these small towns, everything's buttoned up and, you know, you got your downtown areas. I mean, our downtown square, it looks like something off of a Hallmark movie or something. Uh, every business is full. So there's really not a ton. So then Barry came in and said, hey, I heard you guys are looking at opening a brewery. Um, Barry had four acre farm, or well, actually it's, it's uh, larger than that, but he had four acres uh, that he had parceled off. He said, hey, I'll help build buildings here. I'll do whatever. I would love to put the brewery out here, but I want to be a partner. Barry had just um, came off of another career, and he was just trying to invest in himself and invest in small business that he felt like he could grow. Um, Barry getting involved was a game changer, and I didn't even realize it at the time. Uh, Barry brought um, a ton of expertise um, financial expertise, uh, to, to the group, uh, that, that we didn't even know we were lacking at the time. So we have these four guys that have had a certain level of success outside of the brewery. And we came together for our love of craft beer. And we're like, okay, let's start a brewery. And people are like, why did you start a brewery in Broken Bow? And I said, that's where we live, right? <laughs> <laughs> so we just started it where we live uh, and it's grown. So Kincater Brewing started in 2014. We really, we knew that there was going to be a wave of uh, craft breweries opening in the years to come. And so that 2014 was a date we really shot hard for. So in June of 2014, we had the four of us, uh, we each threw in a little bit of money um, not much. Um, I actually had to borrow my share. So we threw in a little bit of money. I didn't tell the boys that until years later, <laughs> but, uh, we got started and we opened. It. So they, they never even knew until now. <laughs> well, right. Right. Listening yeah. now. I think we've had Wait. those conversations since then, but, uh, so we opened the day after Christmas in 2014, we could have pushed it till January. Uh, we, we didn't, didn't want, want to. to. We, we wanted, wanted that established in 2014 date. Uh, so, so it's just, just grow. Uh, Broken Bow location was 2,500 square feet to start. Uh, we, we just, just add on again. We're up to 20,000 square feet on that site. Mm. So we've got our restaurant, our bar. We just doubled the size of our dining room, doubled the size of our kitchen. Um uh put, put a, a guest, guest uh, house out there so, so that you can, can actually come out yeah which you know i'm slacking on that man I because know, man. I, we talked about it last time it's something i want to do how many people can sleep in there yeah so it's got four queen size beds so we advertise as eight but you'd have to know each other pretty good but honestly 
if four, four couples, couples knew each other and felt somewhat, it's a 1600 square foot apartment. So it's not small. It's not like you're jammed into, it's got two separate bedrooms and then a, one of those Murphy beds that folds out of the mm-hmm. bookshelf and then a, actually a pretty nice couch bed that rolls out. Um, so there's four queen size beds. We rent that thing all the time, dude. Jenny will send out on our group text. Hey, here's the rentals for this month. And Ah, shoot. It seems like there's, there's more days rented than there's not for sure. So we didn't realize how much that would add to the experience out there. But anyway, uh, outdoor That's stage, awesome. Man. Yeah. I, and real quick, I just want to yeah, go for it. Out of the many things that yeah. like the great things you're doing. Uh, yeah. It, it's so cool to see that you <laughs> kept it real. We'll say to, to where you're from and, and yeah. where you come from. I think yeah. it's very important in your story. And then from there, you just branched off everywhere else. Yeah, it is. You know, you got to have a home. You got to have a home crowd before you go on tour. Right. And and I think it's mm. it's something that um, we really wanted to make sure uh, that the folks in Broken Bow, man, listen, when we got to Broken Bow and we started talking about opening a craft beer place out in the country, a mile north of a town of thirty five hundred people that usually just drinks Bush Light. Uh, people thought we were a little crazy, bro. Like people thought we were a little crazy and you know, what? it's it looking back, it probably was a little crazy, but I, I don't know, man, like our group, I felt so confident in our group early that I told my kids the other day, man, it's like, there was never a time where I thought we would fail. Like it, I didn't even really, like I knew there was a chance and like, if I just never focused on what the what ifs right the what i just was i i think we were just dumb enough to push it hard and it worked right and so um and and cody okay if you could dig a little bit deep on that because that that's huge right there uh never there was never a time that you doubted that uh, that it would work right and i kind of just switched it around it's the same how important is that because i i believe that where I'm at, you know, with sure. the stuff that I'm doing, my music and real estate construction, everything that I do, I feel, I feel like, like it's, it's so, so true. true. You, you, you literally, literally have to look crazy in front of people. Right. Right. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I will say the, the people and I, I don't hold grudges. I really don't. I don't. And this is not even a grudge thing, but I do remember what people say, right? <laughs> I, I will mm. always remember. Yeah. And I mean, some of the people that were like, you guys are crazy. have since tried to invest. Right. And so that's always, that, there's some, uh, you know, uh, some enjoyment or, or some joy that, that, that you get out of that. And it is cool, but I will say this broken bow knew nothing of what we were doing they had no most of them had not it wasn't even, craft beer wasn't even a thing right and they go these guys are trying to do something cool for our town and we did a crowdfunding campaign this was this was like when kickstarter was kind of just you know i don't know i know kickstarter's been around for a while but like we thought okay should we use a platform like nah we don't really need that this is our local so i made a a hotel card you know like when you go into the hotel and it says hey you can go skydiving or you can go you know air boating or whatever i basically made a a, a hotel card it was like a, a little thin uh card that i could just put in people's hands and it was called the pioneer club is what i called it nice and uh, i had levels from a hundred dollars up to ten thousand dollars on and uh this is what the hundred dollar person would get this is what the five hundred dollar person would get and i started floating that thing around and people just started throwing money at us it was awesome man i mean we actually raised 
about 50 grand uh, wow. in cash and trade. And so I knew right then, I mean, and it, the 50 grand helped, don't get me wrong, just getting started. But um, it really, to me, it was these folks are willing to invest in us sight unseen. They have no idea what we're doing. They don't know what it's going to add to the community. They're just hopeful that we're going to put something cool together. And they threw this out there. We need to still take care of those folks. Once a year, uh, we do a party that's free food, free booze, you know, free entertainment. And and we talk about how everybody that, that jumped on that with us, man, I they still hold a super dear place in my heart. And I have them on a, a poster at every location too. And people are like, what is this? And I tell that story, mm. uh, but we knew the community was behind us. It has, it has become grown tenfold, 20 fold, whatever uh, broken bow people. Now it's just really fun that it, people are like, Oh, you know, can Yeah. It's where can caters at, you know what I mean? And so uh, that's, that's super fulfilling too. It became to be- like a, like a thing you have to do, right? Like an attraction. Right, right. right. You know, and it's like, I got, I'm super tight with the hotels and super tight with the other restaurants because people come into town, man, they spend the night at the hotel or, you know, Airbnb only, only houses one group. So a lot of people, especially like our big event days, we'll sell at the hotels on Oktoberfest, you know? And so everybody, it's like a big thing for the town now because we draw in hundreds of people, sometimes into the thousand uh, people for this one event out in the middle of nowhere. So uh, there's a certain, uh, that place will always have a special place in my heart as we grow. Um, we did feel like to continue to grow the business distribution wasn't enough. Um, we have, we're the only brewery in the top, I'd say the top eight that are not distributing outside of the state. We have decided at this point, I'm not going to, I never say never, but at this point we want to make sure Nebraska, uh, is synonymous with can cater and can cater synonymous with Nebraska. Mm. I don't know if it's the right move. It may I not think, be. I think you've already done that. And I, and yeah. I know part of the <laughs> things we've talked about in the past is uh, I could definitely see this thing spreading beyond Nebraska. Have you, have you d- dug a little deeper into that? We have, I mean, we've, we've had a million conversations about that, but the, the question we just keep coming back to is why do we want to do that? Is it, is it mm. because we want to make more money? Is it because we want just that bigger footprint? What is the, the goal? And, and, and a lot of people don't believe this money for us is a scoreboard and you have to have it, right? It's a necessity. You have that shows uh, if something works or if something's not working. Um, mm. But I Love do, that. I do believe that our group has not had money as the the focal point of our business in the sense that that is not the only scoreboard for us it's it's a big one it's a big one but growing culture like for me in particular and i can't speak for the other guys but i think they would that would sound off on what i'm saying growing culture is a big one helping helping our neighbors is a big one we try to put a lot of dollars into philanthropy every every uh year helping uh helping make uh atmosphere and and making uh not only creating our internal culture but creating uh uh you know being part of like the communities that we're in and making them cooler and more fun i mean we have people that will come out you know uh we have a big uh production uh facility that that has most of the jobs in broken bow five six hundred people uh beat beck and dickinson they make like medical parts huge employer in town 
a big part of their recruiting is showing them that we have a brewery in broken boat. That's so awesome. they'll, yeah they'll bring these young folks and these guys have supported us it's like i mean they're in our spot every week and they'll they'll bring these young people that are like okay where do i i'm out of college i want to do this job an engineering job or whatever this job is well bde to recruit them they'll come out and they'll show them the brewery and they'll show them hey we got some live music we're doing some you know volleyball out here and and they the, these young people see that and they go okay Broken Bow is ahead of the game. And I believe that. I mean, you compare Broken Bow to other like-sized towns in Nebraska, and some of these towns are not supporting their local business. They're not growing. They're not – their their median age is going up, not down. Um, they are um, – uh, dying a slow death for lack of a better term where broken bow is thriving and businesses are doing well there. And there's this neighborly thing in broken bow really is a rising tide lifts all boats. And, and all of these guys and gals that have invested in the community want to see their neighbor win. And it's just built on top of bill and built, 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 built to where broken bow. I, I can't say enough good things about that community, man. And, you know, and I agree there. I've been at least in the area like where we where we're at on this part of Nebraska. There's so many hidden gems, yeah. And, you know, and uh, Ashland comes to my head right away, yeah. and and Killer. there's so many different areas. So yeah, I'm slacking, man. I need to make a trip out there. Yeah, with the family. yeah, yeah. It's a good spot. You could totally take your whole family out there, you know, and stay and and let the kids kind of run wild out in the country a little mm -hmm. bit. And, and I mean, shoot, I you know, I don't know how young your youngest ones are, but when our kids were young, me and Kristen would go out there, sit on our patio, look up into the beautiful sand hills, have a beer, have dinner, and the kids are out playing in the the volleyball pit or you know running around the grass there, whatever. It's just it's a good place. It's it really our vision for that was to not just be another bar or just be a brewery in uh broken bow but to really try to become that community hub where people come out and they have their wedding receptions and they have their birthday parties and they have their you know uh, just like these big points in their life where our hope is that they look back at broken bow can cater and broken bow and and that was a good part of their life as a community hub mm -hmm. so and you know i, I, I love that cody i, I think so it's funny I'm looking at doing a mastermind, like a two day mastermind. And uh, I don't know, that's sounding about right, right there to, for a, a few, a, a little group of guys. To oh, dude, it'd be great. Talk about it'd be life. great. Yeah. I love that. <laughs> so I love that. Um, Count me uh, in on that one. <laughs> awesome. And uh, I was going to ask you so you mentioned you have about 120 people on payroll. Yeah. How does one scale that? How, do, how does one get to that point? Yeah. So I, I feel like it somewhat happened organically, but I will say, so, so just to kind of explain our management, our ownership structure, Danny worked full time up till about two years ago. Uh, Dan, like I said, he's, you know, he's a Dan's in great shape, but he's to the place where he wants to just go ride motorcycles and hang out with his wife and, and do some things. Dan's still very involved. He's still an owner. Um, but his son, Jesse actually took over a lot of his duties. Um, Jesse has been fantastic, but, and then Nate, uh, Nate's been, I always call him an active silent partner, uh, because he's always got an opinion on, on what we're doing. And, um, uh, he's got probably, 
I mean, the most experienced in the craft beer world because he was home brewing for years before we um, uh, we started the brewery. But Barry and I have, you know, we've never really given ourselves titles, but we we kind of split this this group of what we're doing. So Barry handles everything from uh, production to the, to the retail point. And then I handle everything from retail point to the customer and that's it in a nutshell, but there's so much crossover. I mean, Barry's heavily involved in the broken bow restaurant. I'm heavily involved with the guys at the distillery here. And so we've just kind of figured out how to put, I, I know this sounds dumb, but like just kind of putting people in the right places and trying to see, uh, it's a generic answer, I know, but it's it's just trying to find people that we can get on our team that it's more than just a job. How do and you I do know that? you you I know you have like great culture too. Yeah. What what how how does to follow up? How does one do a great culture like like the one that you have? I think I think you can. I mean, there's a million different answers, and there's a, a bunch of things that go into it. But I think the long and short of it is you have to give a shit about people and your business. I think you have to do both. And and you've got to be able to share the excitement of what you're doing, but also understand that people have a life outside of what you're doing, right? So if people are willing, you know, I always tell my guys, all you owe me is a two weeks notice. Like I, I get so frustrated when I see employers uh, ticked off that somebody didn't give them a month's notice. Ah, they don't owe. They don't owe you a month. They owe you two weeks. That's mm-hmm. that's really in my mind where it's at. No matter if they're a top manager, a GM, uh, or the guy that started yesterday. I think employees owe me two weeks as a exchange I, uh, for giving them a job. Outside of that, um, I don't think they owe me more than that. Uh, the thing about it is, I've also seen this and myself and, and Barry who, who him and I run uh, 99% of what's going on here, but uh, we really want to see people succeed whether they're on our team or not. Right. If I can grow a guy, if I can take a guy from this level to this level, and then he can go work for someone else and they can take him from this level to this level, that's a win for me, even though he's not working for me anymore. I want to see that person succeed. I'm never, am I disappointed? I'm losing somebody good. Sure. Do I try to keep them if I can? Absolutely. But if their mind is made up and they want to go this different path, who am I to be ticked off about that? So I think it's it's created this culture of uh, people that are open with us. Uh, they know that we care about them. We know they know that we care about because they've seen me do it. They've seen when somebody that's a, a vital piece of our operation decides to move on. I'm not pissed. I'm happy for them. I want them to succeed. Mm. If they win, I I had a small part in their story and I'm proud of that. And, and so I think that has been something where they care. Uh, they can see that we care about them, that I care about them. Because, it's almost like you, yeah. you go in there too, knowing that uh, nothing is forever. Nothing's forever. Dude. Right. Yeah. So Everything ends I, at some point. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I love that approach. All, All right, right, man. man. I'd, I'd like, like to, to call, call you the Capone of, of Nebraska. <laughs> <laughs> have you ever heard that before? <laughs> the guys have a uh, the guys uh, that work for me have a uh, a running joke uh, that I'm the mayor, but a mayor of the mayor of the <laughs> state. It. I don't know what that means. 
Love it, love it. You got my vote. <laughs> love it, love it. Um, and and it's funny we we started spitting fire right away, Cody. Uh, one yeah. of the questions I like to ask at the beginning of the show, which uh, like I said, with all the fire we were talking about, it, yeah, let it go. Um, what's one book that has changed your life? Oh, geez, dude, day? that's a tough one. Um. <laughs> I'll be honest with you, man. Like the probably the answer that that you want to hear mostly is like a a business book or a, you know a, a attitude book or something that changes your behavior. But honestly, I have made part of the reason I feel like we've been successful is because I have um, an overactive imagination. <laughs> yeah. So for me, dude, it's like these childhood books that made such an impression on me. I mean, Chronicles of Narnia, Harry Potter's, I know that's a terrible answer and, but I'll own that because I do feel like it gave me like this, this, this uh, look into a different world. And I, I love that. And I still love that stuff to this day. I like to see, I like to dream. I like to explore. I like to uh, imagine that there's people on other planets and, and, and I know I'm kind of going off the rails here, but I think imagination is something that we lose very, very quickly when the world comes crashing down, when we got to, you know, feed kids and we got to pay rent and we got to do all these things as an adult uh, that we have to do. I, I love that. I, I actually tease the guys uh, in my group, since I'm the youngest, you know, they'll call me a pup ass kid, but I, I say, I am the only one that still has an imagination, you know, <laughs> so it's fun when we put, when we put secret doors in our places and we put these little Easter eggs and these things. So, so some of those childhood books to this day uh, still have had uh, still have an impact on me. And I think it helped develop this, this imagination and this thing that, we can create anything and I like to create those experiences and have people come into them. Mm. Um, I would say from the business side of things, uh, mentors have been huge for me. I've had some fantastic ones. Uh, you know, I follow a lot of these guys, um, Gary V and Grant Cardone and, and, you know, some of these guys that are, uh, super influential. I don't believe everything that they say. I sometimes like, ah, oh, that's bullshit. But, but, uh, I think that there's some great pieces that you can take out of that. Uh, one of the books that a lot of people give credit to that actually I it was net negative for me is the how to win friends and influence people. And Man. I know, I <laughs> know, like, I know. I want to hear you, about I, this. You probably love that book. <laughs> I have but, it right behind you, dude. I, and here's the thing, and I read that <laughs> one, and it seemed. Uh, a, a bit, bit manipulative to me, to me. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I so I didn't have the great experience. Like my brother was like, "Oh, you got to read this book," and it just felt a little manipulative to me. In that, I want authentic experiences, authentic experiences. Sorry, and and real, you know, real personalities and real emotions. I think authenticity is the most important currency today because there's so much fake. And so I want to make sure when I'm talking to people, when I'm talking to my staff, because it's easy for me to be fake too. I can put on this front that um, most people would respond positively to, but I don't always want 
I want to make sure it's authentic, you know, know? and, and that's something that just kind of recirculates as I'm going going through this, um, constant search for self-awareness. That's That's something that I think people should, I think, I think it's, it's something, something that'll rise to the top no matter what. Mm-hmm. So. I like that, man. Yeah. That That's a great answer. Actually, <laughs> what I, what I like about it is that you're going against <laughs> like the like norm. And I, and I think, <laughs> uh, your brand itself, you've done that the whole yeah. time. Yeah. You know, even, even like the, the beers that you come up with, the, the yeah. art that you come up with, yeah. uh, yeah. and since we're the subject with branding, yeah. What are, what are some, some tips, tips that you have for somebody, for somebody that, that wants, wants to learn, learn something, something about branding? branding? Sure. To me, you have to connect with people on um, a mental level, but an emotional level. And how do you do that? To me, I know there's a million different ways to brand. You know, there's shock value branding. There's, you know, there's, uh, there's different ways that you can get people's attention. For us, we took the path of storytelling. Uh, that's a big one. Um, I feel like I didn't even realize how big of a, a path in marketing that was until we, until we started doing it. But I knew that people people love to tell stories, right? And if you have a great experience somewhere and you can tell a story that's attached, man, you got it. I tried this beer and, and it's all tied back to Nebraska history and folklore and tales. And they get to tell that story. Oh, this happened right in this spot. People uh respond to that and so i took that and uh we ran with it and it's it's worked i'm not saying it's worked every time but it's worked most of the time and i think if people can if if the story doesn't get too convoluted and it's something that people can grasp easily and quickly um you'll you'll get them and and you know you have to you have to sell the product to them whether it's a beer or anything else you have to sell it to them before they try it right most of the time there's sampling events, things like that, but I've got a ton of competition on the grocery store shelf. How do I get their attention? First, I got to get the image and then I got to give them, I'm a big fan of Easter eggs. I like when we do build outs of our spaces, I hide things within the the space that people may not find for months, years down the road. And I, I love I love that. So like what, for an example, one of the things that we're doing right now, this was not my idea, but I loved it. And we were implementing it at our distillery. We've got our main guy, Mo is his name. And he's, uh, he's kind of a, a traveling showman salesman. Uh, we kind of did it around the dust bowl of the 1930s, Nebraska, Kansas, when there was nothing to do here, except when these shows came through on the single buggy and horse and they threw the curtains open and they did these shows. Um, that's what this guy represents. And so we took him and a woodworker does beautiful stuff. He made these little placards with like whiskey and distillery and and facts about our company. And we're hiding them all over the distillery. So as people, people kind of why I just, I love stuff. Like I love what I see, you know, who the king of that is like Disney, right? Like you go to Disney and, and, and you look down and there's a a shrub that's in the shape of Mickey mouse. And you're like, Oh shoot, man, they didn't have to do that. It wouldn't have really mattered if they didn't do that. But, I love that. And so uh, when I see that, I want to say, okay, how do we apply that in our business? So I try to do that as much as possible. There's some that I want to smack them on the face with it, but there's other ones that I want them to, I want them to, when they dig deeper with us and they learn more about us and they get on our website and they, they do, they dig a little bit. I want them to find things like that because I think, 
you know, if you, it's kind of the mark of a classic, right. Mm, to find love that kind it. of stuff. Yeah. And right now, Cody, you've taken where you come from, we'll call it small town to where you're at now, just doing these amazing things. What is some wisdom that you could share with our, our listeners, listeners that, that uh, you've, you've learned, learned along the way from now until then, or from then until now? Yeah. From then until now, what have I learned? Uh, a big one for me is um <laughs> if you're growing business uh obviously you know i talked about money being a scoreboard you also have to have money to get started a big one for me was when i made the realization that the banks need us more than we need them mm. <laughs> that was a big one uh um, man that that's <laughs> Uh, I'm still trying to think about that one. That's awesome. That's a big one. If they don't have us, they, they don't, don't exist, exist, right? Yeah. And so uh, as a younger man, banks were very intimidating to me. Um, you just got to build the relationships. You got to you got to show them that you're willing to do whatever it takes to make something successful. What's well, a there's an old boy in Broken Bow that gave me a quote one time. He says hey, he's a he's a hog farmer. Um, great guy. Uh, he, he goes, goes, Cody, if you owe the bank a million dollars, they got, got you by the nuts. nuts. But if you owe them $50 million, you got them by the nuts. Mm. <laughs> so, mm. He said, they want you to be successful more than you need to be successful. So, <laughs> Man, that, that, that's a good one. <laughs> I love that. Yeah. yeah. And, and it's funny because uh, uh, one of the questions that I wanted to ask you was uh, how important, because it sounds like you were able to leverage as much as you could. Yeah. And it sounds like you've kind of done that. Uh, how important is that for somebody that wants to get started? You know, you got to you gotta figure out how to put a little bit of money away or at least build enough personal equity to be able to have a little bit of starter cash, right? But- a lot of people think that because we had, um, you know, businesses or whatever before we started Kincater, that we all dumped a bunch of money into it. We really didn't. So I'll, I'll be super. I, I really normally don't talk about this, but just because um, uh, of kind of what the nature of this is. So Barry and here, I here, each, here first. Yeah, right. <laughs> so Barry and I. There's four of us. Barry and I each put in fifteen thousand dollars. Nate. And Dan each put in 7,500 because they were bringing beer knowledge to the table that Barry and I did not have at that time. So the four of us guys, we put in $45,000 and to build Kincater. We have never put in another dollar since. It's mm. all been given that we all were, have worked side jobs and we figured out how to take all the money for like the first five years and reinvest it back into Kincaider. That's a big part of the reason that we've grown so you know, quickly. I, that, that, I love that, Cody, that uh, you mentioned the other ones brought knowledge uh, because I feel, I feel like, like there's, there's this, this big issue, issue between like people thinking with partnerships, well, I'm doing this and I'm doing right, that. And right. What are some tips you could give us about partnerships? Dude, on paper, the four of us guys should not work. We we all were kind of alphas in our own right. We were the boss in our you know in our own places and our own corners and in our own industries. Um, it shouldn't probably work, but 
I think that there is such a healthy respect of what each one of us brings to the table. So also on paper, if you put the four of us on a, a spectrum and you put our skill sets and you lined up our skill sets, almost none of those skill sets crossover it's kind of mm. crazy like it like what barry's good at is is what i'm not good at what i'm good at is what barry's not good at same with dan and nate and so really what and we've had people offer hey how can i how can i buy in how can i do something with you and that's i always take that as a super big compliment but really, I don't ever just want a money partner. And I'm glad we made this decision early. I didn't, I don't want just a money partner. I get that sometimes that is that is part of it. But for me, I to me, there's things worth more than money. And and to me, the knowledge and the investment in time and the investment in ideas um, to me is almost stronger than bringing monetary mm. uh, currency to the to the table because at the end of the day uh it, once you figure out how to to work with banks and do different things mo money is I, I hate to say this but money can be easy to get ideas and hard work and time are harder mm. to get in my opinion so we uh un unknowing to us at the time we were all bringing money plus right we were bringing some money but we were bringing uh our expertise our our skill set our uh experience um our our you know kind of that checklist of things that we are good at to the table and ultimately that's what's helped us be successful yeah is those you know and, and i love that answer cody it makes me think of uh something that i kind of live by where like people think oh yeah i'll just throw money and but but it's like when it's 9 p.m. and you're sitting at home with the wife watching a movie and you have to leave to go do something that's where i want to see a partner yeah right like that are you gonna go with me at that time right right so yeah i don't know i love that answer love it love it thanks and then uh just so what's happiness to cody Happiness to me um, is seeing seeing my my wife and my kids uh, uh, succeed. Um, I'm I'm really excited about being a dad and growing my kids um, to think and look at the world differently than most people do. Um, I put myself in their position and their, their dad, dad it, you, you know, know, most people's dad is just, is going and punching a clock and doing this, and they're seeing me make up stories about aliens and tying it to a beer and selling that beer and bringing a comic book artist in from LA to go on tour with us along with two actors that have masks on that look like these aliens. It's like, am I screwing up my kids here? You know? <laughs> <laughs> Love it, man. No. And so they see me do things like that. Um, and I, I do like the people that they're becoming and I can see they're 12 and eight, but there's, they're looking at the world differently, you know, like even Libby, when she was, I like telling this story, but she was probably six and it was when we lived in broken bow and we're driving past the grocery store uh, that we owned at the time there, the neighborhood grocery store. And she goes, dad, parking lot looks pretty full lots of customers in there she's six bro. that's awesome and i'm like <laughs> wow I love that. And it's like so six-year-olds are like eh, they have no idea what's going on and uh she's paying attention 
to how many customers we have in the park because she knows that's important to me and I'm looking at that, right? And so uh, I like seeing where my kids are going and what they're, I'm excited what they're going to do. I like being a part of that. Uh, that's a, a big uh, part of my happiness. Uh, my relationship, me and my wife have been together for 18 years. Um, she was 20 and I was 21 when we met. Um, she has went through every bump in the road and every, uh, time where, you know, I made bad choices within our business and, and she's seen the ups and she's seen the downs and man, she has been solid with me. And one of the things that I will, I guess this is one of my biggest pieces of advice to people is if your home relationships aren't good, it is going to poison the well in your business. Mm. And I want my partners to have good relationships with their wives and their kids. And I want my employees to have good relationships with their wives and their kids, or whoever, you know, husbands and wives. If you're not solid at home, you're not going to be as good at work. No matter how hard you work, no matter how many hours you put in, this has been a tough lesson for me, though, because I think about my business every waking moment. It's life and death for me. And I think about it when I wake up and when I think about it when I go to and I think about and I have to figure out, okay, okay. I got to shut this well off for an hour, two hours, have dinner with my family, play a game. And if I do that my next day is better. If I don't do that, I can feel it. Bro. Mm, I can feel it, man. And so that's something where, where my wife and I appreciate her too, because she's willing to say, slow your roll, bro, mm -hmm. you know, because she loves me and, uh, you know, <laughs> love it, man. Yeah. Love it. No. And it, that, that's so true. It, it's funny. Cause, uh, as I, you know, a lot of my younger friends, you know, when we were younger, like, um, they, they, they thought, thought like having multiple women was a thing. And it's like, <laughs> no, dude, like that you're not <laughs> being focused. Right. right, like, um, right. Anyways, yeah. totally <laughs> whole other subject, but it goes with it. Sure. Um, yeah. And you're 90 years old right now, Cody. What is the most thing that you're proud of right now? Oh, man. If my kids are doing good, I, you know, uh, God willing, my kids, um, you know, I, I, I hope to leave something that um can can continue to give employment or happiness or residuals for folks that that you know outside of my circle too whether it's uh you know packaging this all up and selling it someday which i have no plans to do it anytime soon or uh just passing it off to the next generation if it's something that can outlast me that's that's huge too that's not my only goal but uh, that would be fulfilling to me at the end of my life. You know, if I make it to 90, we'll see. <laughs> <laughs> love it. Love it. Great answer. And as much as I hate to, we have to wrap it up, yeah, I guess. Uh, <sighs> I, obviously, I know you got your things going on. Uh, once again, thanks for yeah. making the trip. I really appreciate it. Uh, at the end, we ask the same questions and uh, to every guest <laughs> yeah. for wisdom. So the first question that I have, I wrote a book called The Power of Being Uncomfortable. Yeah. What is one way that you got uncomfortable 
that paid off. And uh, I mean, there's a ton of ways, that, yeah. as you could hear with your story, but what, what comes, comes to your mind, mind right away? So when I decided, probably the most uncomfortable I've been in my life is when I decided to, to, to jump in on this brewery with these guys. And we had about 300 bucks in the bank account and we were definitely paycheck to paycheck. And, uh, I talked my wife into going out and taking a $15,000 loan in order to invest in this business. Man. <laughs> and I think my interest rate on that was like 12 to 13% on that loan, unsecured mm. loan. And, uh, it was dumb and I was uncomfortable, but it did pay off. I'm not, I'm not telling you to go max out your credit cards, uh, and do that, but it is something where I was uncomfortable. The other thing, uh, that I think has really helped me, uh, when I was uncomfortable is figuring out, um, public speaking. That was a big mm. one for me. I know you do a little bit of that too. And, uh, it's something that I actually really enjoy, especially if I know the subject matter. Um, I like talking to groups of people and that once I kind of got over the hump of looking stupid or being scared or whatever that is, uh, that was a big one to me. You have to be able to communicate in this world. You have, and, and now more than ever, you got to be able to bridge gaps. Um, because, we're not going to all believe the same and that's okay, but we got to still be able to come together, have a conversation, live in the same community and, and build each other up. And so that was a big one for me too, is uh, going outside of my normal circles uh, and, and forcing myself to do that to the place where I started actually enjoying it. So, mm, man. Yeah. Wow. And then if you were to Look at your younger self right now. What would be for wisdom, some kind of advice you would give yourself? Yeah, I would say, hmm. I would say find the person that you want to be and go work for them for free until they're willing to hire you. Mm, <laughs> I think that's it. the best thing. I, I don't, I'm not, I used to be pretty anti-college. I still somewhat am. I'll be honest with you I because am. I, uh, yeah, it, <laughs> I still somewhat, I, I want to make sure that I'm open because right. I want my doctor to have gone to college, right? I want, there's certain jobs that I think you have to go to college mm -hmm. for, but I, I do think that if we change this perception that college is the only path, I think it's going to, uh, you know, all, right now the, the, um, not to go down on this road too much, but the the return on investment in college is not there. I don't think anybody can prove it to me with most career paths, right? Mm. If you go, you would be better off literally working for somebody that you want to be for four years. You'd be money ahead rather than having mountains and mountains of debt. You know, how, how do we get the, to the place where we give this person a $20,000 loan to go start a business rather than hundreds of thousand with a degree they can't use? Mm. And so that's a big one for me is don't think there's just one path to success. Uh, there's, there's a million paths, paths to yeah. success. College is not the only one. There's a lot of successful people. A lot of my friends that are successful that have gone to college. I also have a lot of friends that have never gone to college that were actually bad at school that are also very successful. Mm -hmm. I went to one semester at community college, knew it wasn't for me. So to me is, is, is don't just take that, norm that it's been for 50 year, hundred years that you have to go down that path. Cause there's Man, always another way. I love that. I love it. And, and to kind of add on to that, Cody, what are you telling your kids about college and, and just overall after, yeah. because, because I know, I know for, for me, me, 
I tell, I tell them, them if you don't want to go to college, that's fine, but you got to bring me a plan. Yeah, and there has, has to be some, some real estate investing in there. Yeah, as well. <laughs> right. So, yeah. And those are yeah. kind of the rules that I made up, but I'm also sure. okay with them not yeah. going to college. So what is what is Cody yeah. tell? So my kids can do two paths right now. I'm not ruling out college for them, but they do have to. They do have to bring me a plan to if they're going to go to school, not if they're not going to school. Why are you going? What are What are you hoping to gain out of this? Right, Henry, my boy, who's eight, he's shown some early signs of being mechanical, which I am not. So I want to try to figure out how I can foster that within him. Um, you know, right now. I would talk him into being an electrician because those guys, <laughs> I seriously, honestly, you can't even find them, you, you know, know, and you, you send him them. my way for my <laughs> flips and <laughs> right. So then my daughter has shown, I, I've, I've talked about, about a business because I truly, truly believe that the only way you can get ahead now, I mean, when my dad, when our parents were kids, you could work a job and you could get ahead. You, you can't really do that anymore. I've got, I've got, I've got buddies that are making a lot of money every year, six figures plus, that are still struggling getting ahead. So how do you get ahead? you got to figure out how to make money when you're not working. And the only mm. way to do that, the path that I know is some sort of a business, right? And mm. so that's something that I'm hoping my kids take that path. If my kids come to me and say, dad... I'm going to go to college and here's the reasons why ABC, XYZ. I'm not going to tell them no, but I am going to ask those questions because I think a lot of folks think they're, they're going to go to college, get this degree and get this great job. And it's not happening anymore. It used to mm-hmm. pre pre 1990s ish. It was working the last 20 years. It hasn't worked. It hasn't mm-hmm. worked. And uh, not, that's a blanket statement, but um the ROI is not there like it used to be. So I really want to make sure my kids uh, are set up for a path of success, whether that's real estate on the side or starting their own business or whatever that looks like. You got to figure out how to make a buck when you're asleep. And that's a big one. Mm. You know, I, I, in these times, I think you're better off buying a car that Uber pays for and you're driving around. I mean, it's the reality that we're in. Yeah. So love it, love it. And then, if there were three steps to success, Cody, and if you do these three things, you're not going to fail. You're going to be successful. What are the three things? I mean, work hard is the big one, right? Um, work when nobody else is working, uh, you know, and that's kind of ties into that first one. Um, uh, don't get caught up in material things, man. Stop eating out. And this, I'm saying this to myself as much as anybody, uh, uh, don't get caught up in material things because there's going to always be somebody that has more than you drive the crappy car, tell you it can buy your new truck, but you know, drive, you know, use the, the old iPhone and tell you, you know what I mean? Uh, get to the place where you're okay with not having the best. And I'm saying this to myself too. Um, so I, th- I think that would be the second one. And then value the people around you, not just, not just your employees, not your boss, not, not your family, your friends, man. If you, if you put value into those folks, um, it, it's going to come back tenfold, man. And, and so I think that's, that's a big one for me too. Mm, I love that. And frugality, that's, uh, yeah. I'd be a liar if uh, I didn't say that that's what got me to where I'm at yeah. and where I'm heading. And, yeah. and even the decisions that I'm making now, I'm like, yeah, am I ready? Right. right. Even though you yeah. built it to that point. Yeah. So I love that. That was, a, that was a yeah. big, uh, big answer there. And then if you were to write a book, Cody, what would be the theme and title of it? Oh man. Uh, 
That's a tough one. Theme and title of the book. With your imagination, mm. man, you, you probably, probably have a few. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, I think I could fill a book about, and I know I've, I've said this a few times in this interview, but authenticity matters is what it would be called. And I think, I think this next generation, and when I say next generation, I'm talking 30 and under. I think they, I've got my gripes with that group. Don't get me wrong. Like, you know, work ethic and there's different things. Uh, but the thing that they have right is that they can sniff out a fake boom like that way more than my parents could. Right. 30 and under can sniff out a fake. And I think to be successful going forward, you're going to have to be authentic with people and in your conversations and your business dealings and your storytellings, whatever that is. Um, because, they don't want they want the real thing they don't want the fake thing so mm, yeah i love it man and i yeah. since i i and i know you do some coaching and stuff yeah. and and i got some coaching stuff going on that i'm doing, doing and, and i always, always preach that, that it's like, like just, just be yourself with social, social media and yeah. all that like yeah it's so, it's so easy, easy to put a stunt and there's, there's a lot of people that shoot themselves in the foot because the the real the truth always comes out it does it does bro yeah so love it love it and uh, where can people find you, Cody, Cody on yeah, social, social media? media. Talking yeah, about yeah, media. yeah. So personally, I'm just on Facebook and Instagram. Um, our spots, Broken Bow, uh, Grand Island, Lincoln, Omaha. And then we have our distillery, Sideshow Spirits. Uh, so go to KinkaderBrewing.com, SideshowSpirits.com is where our two businesses are. We just opened, we didn't even get to talk about this, but we just opened our new German uh, beer house, uh, in the Haymarket, come check us out there. Uh, got a lot of things going, a lot of projects in the works, but uh, follow us on Facebook and Instagram mostly. So, man, love it, love it, Cody. Yeah. And I want to thank you, man. This has been awesome. A lot of wisdom that you shared, and uh, every conversation I have with you, it's always amazing. So, can't wait till we have a few more beers here yeah, soon. Bro. So, maybe Anytime. at the new German spot. That yeah, sounds amazing. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. So, thank I you for it. coming by, man. Thanks for having me. Everybody out there listening, make sure you guys uh, everywhere, anywhere you're listening, whether it's Spotify or, or YouTube, wherever, screenshot where you're listening and tag me and Cody and we're going to reshare it. Also, the at Million Dollar Hustle pod. Tag us. We're going to share it so we could all get the word, the word out, out there. there. So, so thank, thank you. And we'll, and we'll see you in the next one. Keep it going. You got to trust the process. You be who you hang with and you hanging out with bosses. To hang with us, you got to be stable. And it's a must to bring something to the table.